need to get rid of that big logo. I'll tell you what you need to fucking do. You need to fucking be aware that we started recording. And the big logo Dylan is talking about is if you pay Patreon, you get a video version of the podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is John Hastings. I am joined by the spoiler, Don Jardine of podcasting. Dylan Gott. You know what that means? That's right. He's going to beat up your entire family. Welcome, everybody. We're talking about, in my opinion, the greatest wrestling manager of all time. Greatest wrestling heel manager of all time. And who's the, the babyface one? Jimmy Hart when he was with Hulk Hogan and WCW. <laughs> hey everybody, buy these Slim Jims, and if you don't, I swear to God, Hulk will show up to your house and yell minority slurs. Yeah. Ha-ha! Hi everybody, my name is Jimmy Hart, and if you watch my work in Memphis, you'll understand why I was famous for so long. But let's be honest, I phoned it in for almost twenty years. <laughs> I just know Terry. I love um, to talk about the lineage of rock and roll with people. First person. Person to play rock and roll, Elvis. Oh, white person, man. nobody. Yeah, uh, Fats Domino. Never heard of her. Jimmy Hart. <laughs> um. I had a gym teacher who used to talk about Chuck Berry all the time. So much so that me and a couple guys started listening to Chuck Berry, and we're like, "Man, Chuck Berry's pretty good." And then we brought a Chuck Berry CD in, and we're like, "Let's fucking let's like run laps, Chuck Berry. It's like good music, man." And he's like, "I'm glad you guys." Saw a picture of Chuck Berry, blew his mind he was black. He was like, What are you black? talking about? What are you like, talking about? Aren't you like what a Chuck you? Berry fan? And he's like, What yeah, are you talking about? Crazy. What are you talking about? Crazy. You're literally saying so a man he was like He thought his Chuck name was Fletch and he my cousin uh my cousin had him as a gym teacher before me and she said he tried to give homework on the last day of school for gym and not like get in shape over the summer it was like written homework and one guy was like shut the fuck up mr fletcher and he was like all right guys enjoy the summer like he was fucked (laughs) um i've told you about the gym teacher i knew on this program before we talk about gary hard i've talked about him mr white yeah yeah mr Mr. White. Oh, God. Mr. White, by the way, uh, of course, dated a uh, student day she graduated mm-hmm. high school. Mm-hmm. Didn't nice. want anyone in the high school to know. Uh-oh. Her sister was in my grade. My entire grade was aware of it. Hello, oh, Miss. Yeah. Am I afraid Got of... Caught with his hand at the little cookie jar. Let me tell you, more than one student said to that guy, fuck you to his face. And it was really good because he was just watching a man being like, well, I'll just have to take that. Just have to take that. <laughs> This is why I like talking about Gary Hart, because Gary Hart is a guy who took who he was in a previous life and applied it to theater I will. and made okay. a good account of himself, much like MVP, whereas everyone else in wrestling just still is that person they were. Is it, So what we're talking about is Gary Hart basically grew up in the uh, 40s and 50s in Chicago as a jet. When you're a jet, you're a jet for um, yeah. She wap, she woe, give me that money. Yeah. Also, Gary Hart. This is before we talk about this podcast. I want to say this right off the bat. Gary Hart's book is $1,000 online. That is not a joke. It is $1,000 to buy that book. But. Some, and this is why being a professional wrestling fan is absolutely the greatest thing in the world. Some Someone's put the audio man. Put the audio book on YouTube. They bought baby. the book and they read it over YouTube. Um, I don't know if it's just text to speech program 
because of how I listened they to talk. parts of it. Yeah, but it does like, sound I can't like it goes tell. into like sounding like a person and not, but it is yeah. on YouTube. You just Google Gary Hart wrestling audiobook and you'll it's find it. It's so good. Gary Hart. It's fucking rules. his book is awesome and like he's like also, I respect he, every man except for fucking Jerry Jarrett who can I, chug I, my I, pubes. I was about, I was about to talk about this, which is can we talk about the people that Gary Hart hates off the top? I love Gary Hart. He's really bad hates, 100%. <laughs> he people he hates. Hates Gary Hart. Or no, he hates Jerry Jarrett he so hates Jerry much. Jarrett cuz they ruined the Australia territory. Which is also like I didn't even know that story. That Jerry Jarrett ruined the Australia territory. I had heard something about that, but it was faint and also the like the fact that they're all related and like just knowing Jeff Jarrett, it's like no wonder Jeff Jarrett's a drunk who's like I found a millionaire to take money from and then they someone tried to sue me but I know how to not get sued like Jerry Jeff Jarrett is like what if Paul Heyman didn't have the talent for wrestling but had more talent to just take Tom well, no, here's what's money spe- what specifically is what it is 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 Jeff Jarrett is really good at be is a re- really good wrestling promoter Paul Heyman is a really good wrestling booker. So that thing of like, yeah, Jerry Jarrett's territory survived Vince McMahon and well into the Attitude Era. He doesn't know anything about wrestling. He knows how to make sure you're paying almost nothing on a building fee and how to look a man in the eye and go, "Yeah, we're not paying you. Like Dutch Mantel very famously. <laughs> you know, yeah, he knows how to really justify not giving you any. I can't remember money. if this is how Dutch Mantel quit or he just said this, which was Jerry Jarrett was like, we're the development territory for the WWF now. Y'all need to get off steroids. We're going to be testing. And Dutch Mantel went, Jerry, we're not on food with what you're paying us. What are you yeah, talking yeah. about? <laughs> not and- on, on drugs. We're not on food. That's so funny. And but here's the thing with Jer- Jerry Jarrett is an a- so he hates Jerry Jarrett, he hates Ken Mantell, he hates Bill Watts. It's like right there you're like yeah, and I know why Gary Hart hates Bill Watts is because Gary Hart grew up as a white guy around black people, and I guarantee Bill Watts heard about that and lost his mind. I'll say this though, he doesn't hate. I didn't think he mentioned hating Bill Watts that much. He talks about how much he hates Fritz because Fritz just would be like, that's a good deal. How about this? You raise my sons and then I get oil money. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, well, it's the thing. Okay, so let's... The reason why he hates Fritz we is also start, Fritz... Okay, let's but, start with... Okay, start with him as being a wrestler. What was his he's first a, gimmick? His first gimmick was a guy in Chicago who gets beaten up by other wrestlers? No. no. Oh, no, wait. His guy, his gimmick was guy in a plane crash who gets really fucked up, but because it's wrestling, he's expected at work on Monday. No, this is... Okay, I got you it. You don't it's, even uh, know. Yeah. He's... Um, I only just focused on his later career because I find Gary Hart's like, okay. Texas run fascinating. Oh, yeah. And no, I couldn't you, find you that... You focus on that. You missed something very good. I completely, totally couldn't find that much about okay. his wrestling no, career. I mean, I listened to a lot of the book, and his first, one of his first gimmicks was Gay Gary Hart. <laughs> Go on. Came out, I, and he was like, I'm from Chicago, that- and oh, fuck it, I'm in love with a man. And then everyone it's was like, so- rip off old skin, <gasps> throw it at him. Hell, hell, die. <laughs> Let me say this about how ignorant the world used to be. By the way, easy it was to just start a riot in the 60s. Just oh, a yeah. man with a goatee, not wearing a shirt, walked to a boxing arena and went, 
I am gay. And then the fire department <laughs> turned to each other and went, lock the doors, burn the building. Like there was like, do you understand? It reminds me. Yeah. All entertainment now, took way more balls back then because like this is, I'm reading another book about comedy and like the history of American comedy. And like everyone, everyone who's a comedian, it's so hard to get noticed now. But I think the reason why is because in the 1920s, not only was it okay to throw shit at people, there was like a it's amateur night, bring spoiled food and throw it at these fucking pathetic losers. And that's how you like started in comedy. And it's the exact same thing in wrestling where it's like, oh yeah, your gimmick could be I own an Ottoman and you don't, but you have to be okay with this guy's gonna stab you. And that weeds out that makes the competition a lot less. What's also amazing, I can't even like. It's also like reading. I don't know that much about his his early time as a wrestler, but it's so short and quick. And also, Gary Hart, like you look at all the photos of him as a wrestler. Why didn't they just make him Satanist Gary Hart? Like, he's a big guy. He's six four by his words, six four two fifty. Wikipedia says six three, but like, there's no. He's a big guy, and especially for that era, and he certainly flies in the face of, you can totally see why Vince never had Gary Hart. Because, yeah, because he would have been too big. He's too tall. He yeah. would have made the wrestlers look short. I see why he did that, and it's also that thing of Gary wouldn't have listened to Vince. Because like, the thing is, is Gary Hart is... And also, of, wrestling wasn't what it became. Like, it's yeah. way more in-ring. It's yeah, it's way more in ring and it's way more slow burn storylines and mm. stuff like that. And also, Gary Hart was very heel focused. You have to like all the because Gary Hart was one of the better NWA bookers, territory bookers. He was predominantly in Texas, but he was also um, in Florida. He was bounced around. Let's not get to that yet. Let's get to this. He's a wrestler. He's gay. Gary Hart. His gimmick is <laughs> he is a living gay man, and that is okay. And the crowds in Chicago. The Great Chicago Fire started after a gay Gary Hart match because gay Gary Hart was just in the ring for longer than two minutes. And the police and fire department and the mayor of Chicago, Richard Dealey, they all went, the city must be destroyed. And then they burned the city down. <laughs> well, the thing was, you could be, and especially Gary Hart, you could be a manager kind of like in the way they, I mean, Ring of Honor would use Jimmy Jacobs in this way. Um, certainly the right to censor you, Stevie Richards, in this way. Just like you, I am a wrestler. I have too much money to actually wrestle. Like, kind of like they almost used the million dollar man in the late 80s. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, like it's just sort of like it's also the thing of like what I couldn't find was, and in the book, did it cover this? Did he was he injured and that's why he became a manager? Or was it just like this guy's just way good at talking and he looks like a an evil man who runs a weird pawn shop. It was just kind of a natural progression because a lot of these guys couldn't talk and he could. And they, yeah. you know, you're talking about the old NWA. He starts wrestling in 1960. And yeah. He's a, and he's a wrestler by 19, it was a manager by 1968. Like this is the crazy thing yeah. is he's such a different world of wrestling. Like, the idea of he's and I had thought the reason why he became manager was the plane crash, but the plane crash happened. So did so I. Yeah, the, the plane crash. So it's ba and he is such a good manager. Like right off the hop, he is such good. Like he's managing the spoilers, which I also didn't know were a tag team. I thought that Don Jard, of course, Don Jardine, the mass man, the spoiler, is actually yeah. part of a tag team called the Spoilers, and then he became the Spoiler Don Jardine. Still think it's the dumbest name, but good for that. The spoiler? It is. I mean, have you seen photos of him? You'll nothing 
Well, you will think something's dumber than his name once you see Wait, photos of the spoiler. One fucking thing. Wait one second here. Did that guy pull my milk out of my fridge and just leave it out? <laughs> yeah. It's spoiled. spoiled. Anyway, off. By the way, my actual in reality, who I am is I'll beat a bellhop to death just for looking at me funny. But my you wrestling do... gimmick is I spoil things. I do also think that that's why Gary Hart was with certain guys because Gary Hart was also put with a lot of the real problem talents. Like, yeah, I think Gary Hart's a great guy. One of Gary Hart's closest friends was Chris Adams. That's not good. That's not a good thing to say about Gary Hart. <laughs> Well, one Gary Hart's first part of his book is just filled with, and then I whipped out a blade. So it's like, you know, he's. But this um, is the other thing is that because this is way more when wrestling is literally just a carnival. Because it's also this thing of like, and it's true of comedy. It's true of so many things. Is less and less comedians will get divorced. Less and less comedian because a, it's been going long enough that people are just aware of the risks and the problems with the industry. It's also you don't disappear into the ether anymore. Comedy, wrestling. Oh, those aren't jobs for where you can disappear anymore because you're just tethered on your phone. That is very true. You can't, yeah. Even a guy like New Jack couldn't be a wrestler now, which is something I didn't even realize till, like, because remember New Jack, the whole thing was like, oh, he can work in ECW because ECW is fine with him, just like, oh, I can't do shows in Tennessee. Or, like, Tennessee's a bad example, but you know what I mean. Like, there's certain just where it's like, I can't go in that state because I have warrants out for my arrest. And ECW was like, that's fine. Is that true? Cross state lines. That was always a rumor when I was a kid, but like it could not, it could have not been true. Yeah, there's no way that's true. Because here's the thing: I do love New Jack. I do think New Jack was a bit bluster. Like he's willing to take a cattle prod. He's a wrestler to, to one of the baldies. He's not just doing that in society. Yeah. Like I think Mustafa's probably the crazier gangsta, for no other reason than Mustafa smoked pencil shavings. I mean. Yeah, there's a level of crazy where you can work still in a business and a level... Clearly, people were okay with working for them on some level um, because they kept on doing it. And, like, you would have just not worked anymore. But although he could have just been, like, New Jack was a guy who would just work for free when ECW was in real trouble. But anyway, we're talking about Gary Hart here. We're talking so about Gary, Gary Hart. Gary Hart becomes a wrestler in the NWA territory. Yes. He is... Like, immediately the fucking best. He's a loudmouth, angry person. What's very uncomfortable with Gary Hart is when he's brought up in shoot interviews by contemporaries, they all just say, you want to know why Gary Hart was good? Sounded like a black guy, but was a white guy. And you're like, wait, so what you're saying is the perfect bad guy is a race traitor? Is that what you're trying to say? And they're like, that's right. That's what we don't like. <laughs> well, it was literally like his character was Playboy Gary Hart. I'm from the streets of Chicago, and I talk jive, baby. Yeah, it's the idea of he's like, he's basically, he's just like, I'm a big city businessman here in this shitty homespun America, and myself and my foreign compatriots, yeah. the great Kabuki and not naughty only am Polish I gay, Jim. my boyfriend is Japanese. Yeah, ah! not yeah, not only am I gay, I'm also straight, and my husband <laughs> is from Korea, which for some reason in Tampa Bay, you all think is Japan. Do you? <laughs> <laughs> Here's what I was thinking about because I okay, so Gary Hart's big first um territory where he really gains prominence as a manager is Florida. He is Eddie Graham's assistant and learned a lot about booking and specifically booking the NWA style. This is something we haven't really talked about, 
which in the way that the WWE always has certain storyline styles and that a faction's always going to get broken up, all that sort of stuff. The NWA very much had a booking style, which is you have a collection of strong wrestlers who can challenge for the champion as they're coming through, but will also keep people um, focused and watching your television all the time. And you rotate that through, and then you have a collection of different traveling heels territorial based heels and then like one shot two shot special event things that mm -hmm. come in and it's how you structure and manage that sort of stuff so you communicate to the nwa how to do it the best person to do this before gary hart was um eddie graham in florida like florida was the cadillac territory uh especially in the 70s of the nwa it was like the best weather it was very easy drives there was shows like five or six nights a week so you're making huge money and they were really exciting, dynamic storylines. One of the ones that we've talked about and touched on on this show is the American Dream Dusty Rhodes versus Paxson. Originally, American Dream Dusty Rhodes and Paxson were a tag team. Who were they managed by, Dylan? Larry Hart. Kidding. Gary, Gary Hart. Hart. And, and it was all that sort of thing. And to the point that, and this is so crazy and insensitive of how wrestling is, is that wrestling was like, he's Korean which is just like a Japanese man. And when you know about the history between Japan and Korea, you're like, that poor man, Pak Song, literally was just like, you're Korean, but pretend to be Japanese. He's like, I'd rather not. That nation raped and murdered my nation during a variety of different conflicts. And they're like, well, they played ah. off of Vietnam. Which also doesn't make any sense because he's still Korean. It's true. He was a respected, just, uh, he was an Olympian, and they just threw that aside. He's yeah. an Asian guy. He's He likes the Asian countries we feuded with. Let's fucking go, bitch. Yeah, I'd like to say that wrestling's got better, but then you have to remember that Mus Muhammad Hassan was just an Italian guy that Vince McMahon found. <laughs> <laughs> but Gary Hart, of course, talks actually gives his entire credit for his career and establishing himself before Florida. He gives it to Don Jardine, which is why you get some crazy spoiler stories where this is later in their career. They're both established, and their wives, they're going to take their wives out for a nice night on the town. And on no, they're coming back after taking their nice oh, wives. Oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, they were at the Silver Slipper in Sydney. I've watched okay. this shoot interview clip many times, and they're walking up, and uh, the the clerk behind the, the desk goes, no whores upstairs. Mm -hmm. And Gary Hart's like, why would you say that to this guy? This guy who's yeah, going to yeah. beat you up anyway. Now he has a reason. And... The, um, Don Jardine goes, I'll take care of this. I want to have a word with this guy, Gary. You take the wives upstairs. And Gary like rushes the women upstairs, run back down to see Don Jardine lift the guy across the lobby desk and just throw him through a plate glass window. Then he rolls to the side of a fountain. And then Gary, and then Don Jardine apparently running start to kick the guy in the head for, out in the fountain and kill him. And then Gary goes, no, 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 and like rushes and like tries to move the guy out of the way, but he only moves him away so it just positions his dick in perfect kidding. Almost kicking. hit his nuts off, yeah, because it was a yeah, cowboy he, boot, right? That's right. He was wearing uh, silver-tipped oh, cowboy oh. boots, and he and he kicked the sack off. Uh, and then, yeah, and then Don Jardine got lucky because he wears a mass wrestler, so no one knows what he looks like. So That's right. Couldn't find him. He got out of their life. Let me say this right there, though. But his real name was Don, was Jardine, and he was checked in at the hotel. Like, I understand that they're like, we don't know how to find him. I'm like, <laughs> no, Jim Barnett paid someone off. There's no, like, I'm sorry. They're like, yeah. well, 
It's also the hotel clerk might have been like, I can't, I don't know the name of the guy that attacked me, but I do know the name of the other guy that pulled me. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like one of those things where you're like, no, you paid him off. Um, yeah, he was just, you know, I just, it's that thing of like, it, Gary Hart does the simplest things, but it's just well, like, it's just the way he's dressed in this weird professorial clothes. He's got this fucking asshole face. And he just talks for two minutes and then is also beloved by the wrestlers because he, A, is a real, when he's a booker, he's a really good booker, but also when he's a manager, he's actually handling his shit. Like another spoiler story, which you can find online, is the spoiler feels that he's not paid enough money. So um, he tells Gary to wait in the locker room and then he just goes into Joe. Joe Blanchard, Blanchard's office throws Joe Blanchard down a flight of stairs. Yes. Show, throws um, Joe Blanchard's partner down a flight of stairs, and then two other wrestlers down a flight of stairs before he leaves without getting the extra money. So Gary Hart then goes in and goes, "Can I please have the extra money?" I think is the story. Like it's there is so much to like about Gary Hart. Gary Hart never liked Paul Bosch because Paul Bosch acted like he was a booker, not a promoter. Um, like there's just so think much about how the spoiler works and how closed your Rolodex is as far as wrestling goes, where you can throw two managers and two workers down the stairs at your job. And people are like, well, okay, we'll bring Here's what anywhere. I Cause it's not like the spoiler was like, like the spoiler was great, but it's not like the spoiler, like fucking was dusty roads. Like he wasn't like selling tickets. He was a heel. I think what it was is also he did it to a guy that they were like, yeah, it's Joe Blanchard. Fuck that guy. That guy's eventually going to have a son named Tully, and no Tully's one's going to like, no, fuck Tully. Fuck t- Tully. I'm going to say this. Fuck Tully. Mm. Fuck Tessa. Mm. And you know what? Fuck Magnum TA, too. I don't know why. But why? he was involved. Yeah, I don't trust him. His later promos would have been pretty good. Oh, my God. I wonder how homoerotic they would have gotten. Because I'm voting for Ross Perot. Yeah, because I'm voting for Ron Paul now that I found out he did distribute those pamphlets. <laughs> I don't even know what pamphlets, but whatever. Other thing with uh, Gary Hart. Ron Paul. Bears repeating. Go for it. Ron Paul's uh, nomin- presidential nomination in 2008 was torpedoed by the discovery of a bunch of pro-segregation pamphlets that he had signed and claimed he didn't help distribute um, in college. And then it was discovered. College. He did. He did. He in like college. 100%. College in college. Yeah. Oh, I think when people find out right. racist things you did in college, that's like that's when you're supposed to be most liberal. So you, over time, you've gotten more conservative. That's not good. It's also that thing of like, wait, in college, because here's the thing now is it's also like if you if it was the, the 80s and it's like, well, he was in college and you're like, all right, well, he's like an, a 70 year old man. Like, like that was that was like the 40s or whatever it was. Now it's like, well, he was in college and it's like, wait, he's in his 60s now. We're in the 2000s. That was he was he was against uh, he was pro segregation in the 60s. No, no. Yeah. Bye, Ron. <laughs> He organized his own march, the Ron Paul march. There's only one of us, but who cares about those million other people? Anyway, Gary Hart, it bears repeating about him, is that unlike managers now and pretty much every manager, there's a good clip Jim Cornette has on this. Basically, after Jim Cornette, if you think about it, and Jimmy Hart and all these 80s managers, Gary Hart, like, was beat the shit out of you. Like... Kind of like a more intimidating Taz, like a more serious how Taz is presented. Like, 
Taz is on AEW is the closest thing to it because like he has a yeah, stable. Obviously, Gary Hart's way better than Taz, and he's like in the main event. But like he has a stable, and he's never like, oh, don't hit me. He's like, no, let's fucking go. Because Gary Hart would also wrestle, and it wouldn't be like Gary Hart got punched, so he exploded. It was Gary Hart. This guy's tough too. It's just like he's like a lower mid carter, and he needs the help of these tough guys. Yeah, it's also that thing of the way the wrestlers that Gary Hart uh, always managed, it sort of made sense that Gary could physically attack another wrestler because it's that thing of like, well, he has to restrain. Some of his wrestlers are crazy. You know what I mean? Like, it's that sort of thing of, it's that weird thing of in this time, it was way more in-ring focused, but characters were way more fleshed out because they didn't change over a career. You know what I mean? Like, it's literally Mm -hmm. Gary Hart, when he became the Playboy Gary Hart, it's like, he wears a blazer. He talks in big words, and that's what he's going to do until he dies in 2008. And that's basically mm-hmm. what he did. Like, he just showed up, said a bunch of shit, but he's managing Abdullah the Butcher. So the idea is in the reality that they're presenting, well, Abdullah the Butcher is a um, is a crazy, not-speaking monster. Gary Hart, as his manager, speaks for him, but also, like, interprets and helps, like, rear him basically so it would make sense he can attack people you know what i mean like there's a a logic to it yeah and he's also like my character is i'm a street guy from chicago with a lot of money but in reality his character is like i am evil it's 11 a.m and jury cheerios yeah i am a bad guy and you know that because i'm hey. bald Hey, you know, you know, this guy, I forget his name. I've done too much of these lately. Doesn't like main character, and I'm going to beat him up on date of show. Yeah, it's also like he's a very funny, interesting character, also, in that he created this weird linear logic to his managing stable, but no one knew that. In the idea that the great Muda was replacing the great Kabuki in new age mm-hmm. management or h and h or j tech i can't remember what his stable was called at that point but what's not ever pointed out is the great kabuki didn't ever wrestle in mid-atlantic he wrestled in wccw i'm pretty sure they didn't know who the great kabuki was but i think there was a faith there and a faith that now obviously has grown with time now that it's 2021 there was a faith there that it's like if you're a wrestling fan, then you read the after mags and you've seen pictures of the great Kabuki. So you kind of are like, okay, well, this guy. And also, if you just say the great Kabuki is there and now it's the great Muda, then it's like those are just kind of words if you're hearing them for the first time. So, like, I guess it's true. It's like that it's, great it's... Kabuki guy is. But it adds depth to the character. So that's always good. Even if, even if no one, this is what, and I think I've probably said this before, but what Marvel did so well with the Avengers is they had main storylines but then they had subtle storylines and the faith and the faith basically the people would go hey what was that why didn't i get that when the nerds talked about that the subtlety and the faith that people would go back and watch it so that they would get it because people don't want to like and like vince mcmahon type wrestling will always be um fine but like you need those subtleties to like lure people in because people obviously want you to have faith in their intelligence they don't want the vince mcmahon thing where it's like i six months ago people fucking forget which is true but it's like no it's not at least but people that but he's not attention, like gary hart marketing to people he's marketing to wrestling fans and wrestling fans are basically like mm-hmm. sir this is all we have we <laughs> do remember 
But it's like legit though, because like I don't know. I can speak as a new dad, but it's like you just gotta fucking choose uh, the thing you pay attention to when you have a certain amount of time. Mm. Like I got an hour a day. Uh, I'll watch something, and then if I don't like it, I'm never fucking watching it again. Like I couldn't imagine trying to get into the wire now. If someone was like, "You should really watch the wire," I'd be like, "Okay." Well, he's like, first of all, you gotta not do anything else and just pay attention for an hour." I'm like, well, that sounds great, but I'm out. What the fuck do you think I'm doing here? If I'm watching a TV show, I'm doing another thing, straight up. Also, if you don't have kids, you should definitely watch The Wire. <laughs> I am totally that guy, screaming at you to watch The Wire. But The Wire um, of wrestling, Gary Hart, okay. He's the Omar of wrestling. That's right. He's, de- and he's that dead he, now. And he's shot like eight guys. <laughs> Probably. He was a stabber. Which is much yeah. scarier than a shooty shoot. Exactly, because you got to get close and you got to mm. enjoy it. You don't have to enjoy it. You can just be like, oh, it has to not bother you enough. <laughs> I think it'd be scarier if someone, oh, I like stabbing people. Like, oh, I can't. If someone's like, I do it, but I don't really like it. Like, okay, well, you're fucked. Yeah, that's. You just yeah. stay in there. I don't do it for pleasure. I do it because I want I'm to feel to work the that wa- muscle. Yeah, you don't know the burst of warmth you get when blood splatter, splatters <laughs> on your hand. I can't afford um, AC. I want to be covered in blood. Yeah. So we should talk about, before we get to the break, when we have to talk about all the sad things, fucking 1975, there is a massive plane crash. Austin Idol is on the plane. He was later named Austin Idol by Gary Hart. At first, apparently, was very pissed off about the name Austin Idol, but there's a plane crash. Bobby Shane dies, and how many fucking plane crashes were in the seventies? This is the thing about the seventies. The more you look, the more you read about it. First of all, nine eleven. I was led to believe that that was like, oh, hijacking. That's never happened. Hi- planes are hijacked constantly by terrorists in the seventies. Oh my god! In the seventies, also crash. It's like, of course, people were getting ripped up in the air. Like, <laughs> of course, free booze in the air. You, you. There's like a thirty percent chance you're gonna die or be hijacked. Which also you realize why there's so much um, onboard safety now is because there was like a full 10 years where they were like, hey, what happens if we just turn the engines off? And there's like, there is only one way to find out how good that idea is, and that is to do it. (laughs) But it's also like, I like how they were like, all right, so we've put in new safety measures so no one can bring a gun on the plane. That's good. Or a sandwich. What? People could hide? Guns in the sandwich. No, I think that's just probably because you don't want me to... No, it's not. You can't bring food. Fuck you. What if there's dynamite in that hot dog? What if that's just bread and dynamite like Wile E. Coyote? Who knows? I I brought a sandwich onto an airplane. It was a almost empty flight Mm -hmm. from uh, Toronto or from Vancouver to Los Angeles coming back. And I was super delayed i hadn't eaten and i just like i like ran on had time to like grab a sandwich from stupid tim hortons i get on the plane smart i'm holding it Mm -hmm. and i see the flight attendant like look at it and then i sit down i literally like i'm aware this isn't COVID safe but i've been vaccinated there's nothing i can do and i literally like ate the sandwich in three bites and during the second bite i saw the flight attendant walk over clearly be like there's no eating outside food and i just went what Mm -hmm. and she went and you beat her up and then she went, let me know when you need to clean up that litter. And I was just like, yeah, because let me say this. And I, the rest of the review stands by this. The, the, co- the, airline, the airline Air Canada hmm. is only staffed by pedophiles. <laughs> I, this, is the, this, is the guy, this is a life hack when you fly, guys. 
Make your checked baggage just hot dogs. No clothes. Uh, and then you check off the plane, and they're like, oh, and then you're at the carousel, you bust open that baggage, and you start fucking chugging dogs, motherfucker. Looking at everyone on the plane like, you fucking idiots bought food on this bitch, didn't you? You got ketchup in your pockets, too. Not in the package, because they'll catch it for the package. You just got to have loose ketchup you've poured in your pockets. You dip this is in all your pockets. True. This is something all that's true. a life hack. What are you carrying on? You know, when people but- said life hacks, that's what I do. It's 2000. Oh my God. Was that 13? No, it's Here's a life hack. Suck your own dick. You don't have to have a wife. Boom, boom. Uh, uh, uh. 2010, <laughs> 2010 was definitely one because okay. a friend a friend of ours. Okay. Um, Gary Hart. Yeah. It was Gary Hart. Uh, <laughs> a, friend of our, a friend of ours used to yeah. say life hack for a bunch of stuff that wasn't life hacks, uh, including, I believe, one time he was trying to have sex with a bartender, and no. then the bartender just gave him a free beer, and he was like, I just got a life hack. And it's like, that's not a life hack. Yeah, that's true. flirting, you psycho. Yeah, you flirt with someone until they give you what they're selling. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Maybe I could use a house with a deck. Boom, I got a deck. Um, so Gary Hart is on a plane in 1975. Mm-hmm. How did it crash and where did it crash, Dylan? First of all, it the place it crashed, I was shocked, was a place. And then I was like, well, I'm a stupid man. Well, he had to swim to shore. He saves everybody. Obviously, Bobby Shane passes away. He saves everybody else on the plane, does Gary Hart, or so he says in his own book. And the craziest part is he's uh, naked, um, covered in blood because, you know, there's some blood when, like, a guy's fo- feet got cut off. And he's banging on the door. Please help us to this people's house. Obviously, they see a fucking 6'4 guy covered in blood and naked. And they're like, Yeah, and they're like, well, uh, call Excuse the cops. me. And he's like, Yes, please call the cops. They call the cops. Gary Hart explains, I shot everyone in the head. That's why the plane crashed. They say, That's pretty sick. That's pretty cool, no dude. Yeah, no crime. Um, Fun fact, because someone lost their feet in that plane crash, David Crockett and someone else put their feet in briefcases mm-hmm. when the other plane crash in Carolina happened because they had heard... Because who is it that lost feet? It wasn't Bobby Shane, and it Bobby wasn't Shane. Gary... Bobby Shane Buddy died. Cole. It was Buddy Colt lost his feet. Or a foot? Either way, I know that two people put their feet in briefcases in the in the Ric Flair plane crash because of this mm-hmm. plane crash. Like the Ric Flair plane crash was way worse than that. The pilot died, but everyone Ric Flair else also was... broke his neck in the seventies, and then never, wa- never again. If you can watch, which is crazy, it's crazy how long Ric Flair obviously wrestled to begin with. But it's the craziest thing is he never took a flat back bump. He only took bumps on his hips because he was nervous about his neck. Which is insane that he is still fine. All on the hip. Like this guy has sexually assaulted so many women and fallen on his hip, and baby, he's still going. Let me say this, by the way. Andrade, baby. I think the wrestling business might be Me Too proof. Like literally, the plane ride from hell. It exists outside of it exists outside of the mainstream in a way where Vince McMahon. This is the as we've said before. If Vince McMahon got what he wanted, and the wrestling business became mainstream, there'd be a union and ninety percent of his Hall of Fame in jail within a day and a half. In like literally, the longest serving announcer at his company would be not even arrested or and given a trial. They'd just be like, "What? Drown that man! Go and drown him!" Yeah, it'd be like um, 
It'd be like, it'd be like a weed dealer trying to make it really big on TikTok, where it's like, no man, just take the weed money. It's good. No one knows who you are. This is a fun thing about Los Angeles. A bunch of gangs won't use Instagram because they're That's not good. convinced that it won't just take a photo of them. I mean, yeah. Why would you use Instagram? Well, when they all use Facebook. That's the they whole all fucking... use Facebook. Like, literally, I have a friend who's a cop in Canada, and I was like, "How really? do you find? Like, how do you track gangs?" And he's like, "You just got to find their Facebook group." And I'm like, "You're joking." And he's like, "No, man. For like ten years, you could track a criminal on Facebook. They will. They would. Lit- he's like, dope. they. Li- he's like, I know a guy who caught a burglar." Because he Googled the address or like did some sort of weird search that like can search posts. And he found a guy being like, I just knocked off and put the address in a Facebook status. And he's like, well, bet it was that guy. Yeah, my cousin. <laughs> Let me tell a you. Facebook group where he would just invite people that he wanted to fight. Is that he'd true? Invitation of that group. And he'd be like, I want to fight you, you fucking goof. And he'd tag their name. And I'd comment, don't do this, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Dan. Don't do this. <laughs> I'm anyway, gonna say this. Dan is exactly who would do that. Let me say this also about He's got uh, a tattoo vo- of block letters of the word thug on his chest. Never filled it in. Why would you? Didn't, did it in prison. I'm gonna fill it in. Yeah, what are you gonna do? Fill it in like a bitch? Um let me say this also about Gary Hart. Is also he say, say it. Say anything. They land in Tampa Bay. Four minutes of Gary Hart context on this. They land in Tampa land, Bay. Which I Hogan. didn't know was a bay. I always yeah. just thought it was the name of a city. I That's how Hogan like dropped the leg. Well, that, he dropped. Bobby Shane was about was like so close to actually being alive. Hogan slipped, dropped the leg, and he's like, "That's a good move, actually." And then Bobby Shane was like, "Please help me," and he's like, "No, you have no, to brother. Die. You have to sell yeah. this, dude. You gotta sell this, Listen brother, up, dude." I'm the Hulkster, dude, and the gods need blood, dude, so I can <laughs> get to a place, dude, where I, I can fuck everyone's life, dude. Sponge, dude, dude. Bubba the Love Sponge is both a fat guy who lives in Tallahassee, dude, and an immortal being from another dimension that requests blood and cum, dude. <laughs> All right, we should talk about world class after this. And oh uh, yeah, so this here we actually go. we pretty much divided it into Gary Hart with hair, and uh, oh, the last thing we I should say because like you got to mention this is he was one of the architects of Dusty Rhodes. I was about to say, the the the, the Paxton thing I mentioned before, he was the he architect also was of the like, original just American steal Thunderbolt Dream. Patterson's gimmick. Yeah. Thunderbolt Patterson isn't here anymore, just steal his gimmick, and Dusty Rhodes did, and at least Gary Hart said, did it better than Thunderbolt. I don't know about that. Yeah. I think the guy who has the copyright can kind of just say you did the thing better, but who's neither here nor there anyway. And, uh, yeah. And he also came up with the idea that, um, you should do the, you should do it out of nowhere as well. Like not have a big tease of like, is, is him Pac song? Are they having problems just out of nowhere? Just fucking do it. And those are sometimes great turns. Cause it's like, you're expecting some big, long convoluted storyline. And he's just like, just fucking, you just have enough. You just had enough. Yeah, that's true. You, they can't do that anymore because they've done all of this too much. But I agree in that time, that is correct. And now let's take a break and then come back and talk about world class because that's what I want to talk about. All I want to talk about is Gary Hart and world class because you know what that means? We're getting Michael Hayes is coming in. We're getting Gary. The reason why Gary quit the first time. We're getting Gary Hart um, and like how he weirdly was good with Bruiser Brody. We're getting the weird thing that Bruce Pritchard never really talks about Gary Hart, and I don't know why, and it's never really explained, but I'm fascinated by it. 
Oh, Dylan, what a lovely break this is. We're uh, stopping the show to tell all of you that Dylan and I have had some shit happen in our lives. Dylan, go ahead. Mine's good. I'm a dad now. I'm going through a divorce, and also I broke my body. So how about you fucks head on over to Patreon and give Mummy and Daddy, I'm Mummy, he's Daddy, some sweet, sweet cash. You get to decide what episodes we're doing. You get to uh, uh, exclusive access to episodes never released anywhere else, and we will love you. And also... Um, we're fine if you don't donate to Patreon, but, like, it'd be fucking sick if you did. If you can't donate to Patreon because you're that much of a poor piece of shit loser, just subscribe to us on whatever podcast app you're using. And most importantly, probably, even if you don't fucking subscribe, just rate. Rate, review us, say, oh, this is good, because there's a lot of people who don't like how political we are for some reason. So, rate, subscribe, review, suck, 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 bye, 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 enjoy hearing about whatever fucking carny is it. And the year is sometime in the late 70s. That's the noise. Sorry, are we recording? I'm. That's the noise of. That's the noise of Fritz von Erich just realizing that his sons <laughs> exist. He's just so angry. Carrie, Carrie, it's me, Fritz. Show me your penis, Carrie. Hey, Not uh, as big Dad, as me. Did you know this? Did you know I cry? That's bad. That's bad. Um, for example, Fritz von Erich and Jerry Jarrett. Is it Fritz von Erich when uh, he sold his territory to Jerry Jarrett? Apparently, was like, just so you know, my boys are on drugs. And there he was like, you gonna do anything about that? He like, they're losers. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, yeah, no wonder this guy like. We, it's a lot has been talked about the Von Erichs, especially as the tragedy has been relived and relived and relived. But it's so like, and no, what no one says in any of those documentaries is clearly Fritz destroyed his son's lives. Like clearly he just fucked them up, and then they got into a position where they're like, "Well, I know what feels better than living, and that's doing Jesus. cocaine." And then they did, and then they died. Well, also the fact that, like, I think people read into this too much because there's also the fact that, like, they were hot boys in the 80s with a lot of money who fucked a lot. Of course, they're going to do blow and then got addicted, and their dad wasn't the greatest. Well, I don't know how Kevin didn't. That's the one thing that's always on my Kevin didn't die because he loves weed in Hawaii. Kevin also, like. Kevin was the first one to start wrestling. Gary Hart started, like, basically ran. He All the Von Erichs so were like, we want to wrestle, we want to wrestle, we want to wrestle. Um, Gary Hart was like, your dad doesn't want me to teach you, but here's how you hypothetically would. Kevin, he taught Kevin. He got, so Fritz was like, it's fine. Kevin learns to wrestle, but Kevin's the only one that can learn to wrestle. And then Kevin, of course, just taught his brothers. And then Fritz... And the day Kevin debuts his first match, Gary Hart does it's like a spot show. And they said from and then Gary was like gave the report was like from front to back he's a great wrestler. And Fritz was like, You're fucking with me. He was like good and then they had um fuck who was the guy's name, the ref who wouldn't even he wouldn't even get down on his light on his hands and knees to Bronco Lubich. Bronco Lubich was like, Lubitsch. no, he was, he was great from bell to bell. And then that's when Fritz was like, hmm, money. Because Gary Hart's also the guy who's like, hey, why don't you stop wrestling, Fritz? This is and the, I wanted your to talk kids about this. And creates the, the six-man titles and does the whole thing. Because here's the thing is that what's amazing about Gary Hart is Gary Hart, what he's really good at is Gary Hart is basically the asshole whisperer. And that Gary Hart hates a lot of these people, but he's also very good at 
managing and talking to their expectations to the point where then it's like, all right, even I can't fucking deal with this asshole any goddamn more. Like, fuck you. Like, it's basically what it comes down to. Because well, fl- this is the crazy thing about like Fritz fucks him so many is- times. Exactly. He his most famous run is with the dude who's the worst to him financially. Because Jerry Jarrett, you understand, the only real he hates Jerry Jarrett, but the only real business that man has with Jerry Jarrett is Jim Barnett runs Australia, sells the territory to Jerry Jarrett. Gary Hart stays as a favor to Jim Barnett just to get basically Australia off and running again. Yeah, he's he's the he's the manager who stays at the store. To help he's the, the bridge. Along. He's going, here's all the things exactly. that you don't know that you'll need to know and operating then, this. And then Jerry and then Jarrett's like, Jerry well, goes, no, how about this? We have a bunch of Asians and they use chopsticks and that's bad. And then he's like, no, I don't think you understand. They're a bit more like, though they won't just accept those bland stereotypes. And he's like, well, here's a stereotype. I haven't paid for anything and I'll never pay for anything. And then he dug a hole and they lived in it. And that's Jerry Jarrett. <laughs> he took a shit in the hole. Yeah, of course he did. And then he was like, Gary, that's you. And then Gary left. But no, it's absolutely <laughs> the right. Is that Gary was treated like shit in WCCW, but what is also not acknowledged and in the hierarchy of the NWA is Gary Hart was incredibly important for the positioning of that territory, it becoming a prestige territory, and also Fritz being able to do what he did with that success was only because of Gary Hart being there because Gary Hart came from Eddie Graham. Eddie Graham was the NWA insider after St. Louis. So Gary Hart had that rub because Fritz wasn't fucking liked by any of them. I'm making this up, but there is no way the like there's no way well, Terry Fritz Funk's wanted to be the dead. NWA champion. And they wouldn't do it wouldn't because do it. Fritz is not like if Fritz von Erich's gimmick was that he was a football player and his name wasn't fucking Fritz von Erich, then they would have been fine with it. But this yeah. is also the NWA in the seventies where it's like, well, where is your history of amateur wrestling? Where your name, your almost your wrestling name has to be your name. Like yeah, the, the thing is, is like yeah, you're not gonna be the NWA Jack champion. Jack a champion. Fritz von Erich isn't. Yeah, Terry Funk's the champion because Terry Funk went to college. Like that's the sort of thing with it. You know what I mean? Well, that's the interesting thing about how the territories fall apart and everything is that a lot of the guys who are kind of the last people standing in the territories, not a lot, but like some of them are like so Vince wrestlers. Like Vin- Fritz von Erich is such a Vince wrestler, and I would say even like Gary Hart would just be a wrestler. He reminds me oddly of like remember when Umaga had Armando Estrado Estrada yeah. and it's like Estrada got over and shit, but it's like he was just in the end he just ended up being too big to be a manager in Vince's eyes, so they tried to make him a wrestler, but he was bad as a wrestler, so they yeah. just like fired him. They it's just like that's almost him. what happened with Gary Hart, but obviously, and this is the other thing about Gary Hart is he's a fucking territory guy. He stays. Until he feels like I'm starting to lose steam, and then he fucking leaves, which obviously because that's the other class. thing is, is that Gary Hart doesn't really know how to refresh things. What it is is that eventually someone oh, he comes has in, to he's go. Gary Hart, and he leaves. That's the thing. So what's so interesting about Texas is Gary Hart's re- like builds all of these amazing sort of as the ring to borrow a phrase from George the Animal Steel um, soap opera type storylines that work so well in the ring. So the first one he does is King Kong Bundy versus Fritz on Eric at Texas Stadium. Now, here's the genius of Gary Hart. Who accompanies Fritz to the ring for that retirement match against King Kong Bundy? 
that by the way, Fritz of course wins and they have to retire the Texas championship and he vacates because Fritz von Eric's a fucking psycho who accompanies Fritz to the ring is Kevin Carey and David. That makes sense though. It does, but it's such a subtle, smart way of going, here's the next generation. Here are the next generation. So even, and if I guarantee he booked it so Fritz loses to King Kong Bundy. Um, and Well, the thing, and his sons get revenge. But the thing, other thing was, Gary Hart apparently would every week turn down storylines that were like, Kevin and Carrie are getting beat up and then Fritz comes in and saves them. He's like, no, they have to get their own heat. They have to be a separate part of the show than their dad. Yeah, and that's exactly right. And the thing is, is that as soon as, by the way, and as soon as Gary Hart leaves, you see a lot of the chicanery. So here are the things that Gary Hart's responsible for. If you're watching the show, you're a wrestling nerd, so you know the stuff is Fritz von Eric's retirement. Then the main big thing he does, which is what really pops the Texas territory and is the reason why um, wrestling is sort of easy, but you have to have the right people, is the von Eric's explode. They're hot Texas boys in hot Texas being hot. Of course. They are also, and John touched on this, hot. Dylan, I don't think enough is said about how hot they are. Because you're thinking about this. You think you're th- you you look at Kevin Von Eric and you're thinking, yeah, he's hot. But yeah. like, this is the 70s. You're that. used to fucking, your guy takes his shirt off. He's got some fucking patches of chest hair. He's got an okay jawline, but it's not really chiseled. Have a nice and then you're just looking at a fucking hot dolphin there, ready to fucking right. pump probably <laughs> eight <laughs> inches of Tejas <laughs> meat right into your fucking poop or bag. Tejas, interesting. Oh, yeah. I pronounce the X as an H. Mm. That's why uh, Dylan always uh, goes into a porn store and gives me uh, give me something that's ha, ha, ha. <laughs> I also go, I'm single-handedly keeping porn stores afloat during COVID. Yeah, yeah. Dylan went a- across Canada. I went, there's something about touching it. the DVDs that makes me go. <laughs> yeah. I just like interacting with the staff, Dylan said. <laughs> <laughs> so who's been in lately? Just you. Just me. Whoa. So uh. booth or do I have to use this garbage can? <laughs> I'll, I like shoot, I'll fill up your little garbage can here. Yeah. Oh, we all know you could fill a garbage can. Everyone knows that about you, Dylan. Everyone oh, says yeah. that about you. Everyone knows that. So, <laughs> that guy could nut in a garbage can. Continue, can John. Guy, More about there? wrestling, please. He can, he, can fill, he can fill a waste paper basket with cum, but make sure it's not perforated in any way or mm-hmm. you'll have cum on your floor. So, Dylan Atherton got Fritz von fucking Eric has retired. The Von Eric boys are immediately just a giant popular thing. They're partying. Their finishes aren't that important. But what Gary does is he builds an exciting show is that he does what every booker does that is successful is every match, every moment of television or a spot show has a one-sentence explanation that can be used to make you understand what is going on. So it's that thing of like he has Jimmy Garvin come in. He has a bunch of like the missing link, Abdullah the Butcher, all of these sort of like flashy remember guys. And then he would put them in programs. Jimmy Garvin and David Von Erich have a long program where it culminates in Jimmy Von uh, Jimmy Garvin has to clean David Von Erich's ranch. It's a very Texas sort of thing to do. It culminates in Michael Hayes coming in and saying, well, the Von Erichs are so good. They need backup of some sort. I know how to back them up. I'll bring in my two friends. A guy who um, is so good at drinking and driving, customs let him do it. 
and a man named Terry Gordy, who, let's be honest, looks like a big, scary baby. And they come in, and then they have the Von Erich um, Freebirds feud, and it's so it's the perfect adversary for the perfect hero. They are Texas good boys that love football. These men are from Georgia, and they do not like Texas football. They like Georgia football, and that's bad. And then they just <laughs> have a fight for years. David Von Erich dies years. of being... On again, off again. They, no, I mean, uh, but like that's. I just want to nail that home. Like, legit, ten years. It's not like, ten. It's kind of like Vince. It's kind of like Vince in Austin, where it's like it works so well in the first two years that just the fumes of them. Well, and what the they also do is they this, basically just redo the the Freebirds feud like thirty times. Like they would always just be like, yes, these three got the 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 pals of mine are now attacking mad the again. Yeah. Two guys that have never met, and one other guy have just attacked the Von Erichs. Oh my God! Now, why it is important to bring up the uh, Freebirds Von Erich feud is the the start of that feud uh, is also the end of Gary Hart's first run in WCCW, and he leaves because he made Fritz Von Erich in one week half a million dollars, and Fritz bonused him to fifteen fifteen hundred dollars. So. And this is the other thing. This is basically like, I don't know, someone comes up with Austin and they leave in fucking like 96. Not even 97 where you're starting. No, but I, but what's no, what's I guess, no, you know is, what? It would be legit. It would be like, hey, why don't you do, uh, why don't we turn this guy baby face? He's got a lot of, and he's like a badass, you know, uh, anti-hero baby face. Oh, Vince paid me six bucks. I'm fucking out. Like, no, it's, like, it's you're, no I comparison. disagree completely. I think it's actually smart that he left in that moment because well, he he's a rambling man, baby. Territory. Well, he'd already launched. He'd launched the boat, and also he was the guy that created that. That he's the guy that created that. So he is known throughout the wrestling business as being the one who created this hot Texas feud. Like yeah. Michael Hayes and the Freebirds almost walk. No, he doesn't need to see it through. He's exactly. gone. And the, and everyone, obviously, the person who comes up with the idea is the one that gets all the credit. I'd even think of that. And just the continuation of the feud, which is actually way harder. It's so funny because like great ideas are great ideas. But a great idea when it comes along is extremely hard to keep on like going. You know, keep, keep that shit going at the same level. So, yeah, exactly. Gary Hart leaving is fucking great. But also... Mr. Gary Hart being the evil number one bad guy is gone because the Freebirds have taken that. Exactly. So he doesn't need to be there, which is perfect because mm. he leaves for a few years. He bounces around other territories. He appears in Mid-Atlantic, I believe, and a couple of other NWA Mid -Atlantic, territories. Mid-Atlantic, GCW, but he's like just genuinely part of the crowd. So it's like now we're in the 80s, yeah. and Gary Hart really, really was the 70s in professional wrestling. He worked yeah. every fucking territory. It's also he's... Gary Hart is now being replicated. Like J.J. Dillon is doing, a ver is doing the like blonde hair, blue-eyed and good and boy version of that you know what i mean i don't in know it's, it's not JJ's he's around not, before with gary hart where he talks about this is not a manager he, in the same way he is yes no yeah gary jeff Jer, Jer, there's one oh my god who is it it's abdullah i think they do a gimmick where abdullah so this is where gary hart's like kind of like lost to the main baby face so it's that whole thing of like obviously they did it in aw with jericho 
but it's like we love Gary Hart now because we like it, hated him so much as a heel. We're starting to like him as a babyface. JJ Dillon comes in and goes in a promo and says, "Abby, you let Abby's contract dip. I came in and bought it." And Gary Hart goes nuts and he says, "I would always be a heel." This is so. This is so two two thousand twenty one, and he's saying it in the seventies. I would always be a heel. The only thing that would change and make me become a babyface, and it would only be for one feud, and then I'd have to bounce from the territory, would be a guy who is a equally as good a heel as me. And JJ Dillon was that guy in a couple territories. Oh, interesting. And he'd be like, because Gary Hart, for the fact that he was a heel manager, was like we said, he was fucking tough. He'd stand there and fight you still. And then you got a guy like Jerry JJ Dillon who's playing the character of like I'm a he's a asshole, wuss, bitch. but if you smack yeah. me, yeah, I'll fucking run. So, yeah, you smack me, and then I'll yeah yeah. You smack me, I get boner, and then I go to Staples Business Depot, buy a uh, garbage can, do what I do. Of course, yeah yeah. Make it make that garbage can wet. Now <laughs> to um, know is that he's eventually brought back in to Texas. Now it's gone from there's a there were a lot more Von Erichs in Texas when Gary left. Let's just say that. Oh yes, this is another crazy part of like and then can they you imagine return. being Gary Hart where it's like these guys literally called you Uncle Gary and you taught them how to wrestle and you come back and like and one of them back is, and you're going to watch them dead. die. Well, one of them is dead. Another one and is And the other two are fucking drug addicts. Well, Kevin Kevin's a big weed head, so you're fine with that. He's just looking at the fucking fish yeah, in the ocean. Yeah, Carrie's Yeah, Carrie's missing a fucking foot and Carrie's fucked. Yeah, like they're all fucked. He comes in No, cuz he goes back worry. in 84, so it's like Carrie still has a foot, but he's going to lose the foot. Yeah, you it does Carrie lose Yeah, Carrie loses the foot later. I always think Carrie loses the foot, but it's not like it's not a lot of No, Carrie when does Carrie lose the foot? I'm going to say it's 86. Sure. Someone let us know when he loses the foot cuz I thought it was 86 as well. Carrie Von Eric Foot. I'm just gonna Carry get the time. Out. So we June fourth, nineteen eighty six. Do not fuck with the wrestler review. I we know yeah, fuck, when fuck sad things happen. Dylan, when fuck. do sad things happen? <laughs> Whenever wrestling is around. <laughs> That's right. How many dark side of the rings <laughs> could there be just in Texas? Oh, they already did one. They already did it. Did they do one the Van Erics and Gino? Because that's the other thing is, it's so crazy the amount of talent going through WCCW. And like Gary Hart also brings in Bruiser Brody and tells Bruiser Brody to, um, red. And this is an interesting thing he says as well register, don't sell moves, which is like guys hurt you, but you don't sell for them. Well, this is the thing. So, Gary. Gary Hart's sort of later part of his career is he's in WCCW towards the end. Jerry Jarrett buys that territory again. Gary Hart hates that. Gary Hart hates <laughs> Fritz because Fritz killed his sons, um, his own sons. Um, Gary Hart also hates the like the fake Von Erich brother cousin that they bring in that they say is Waldo's son and it's not because he was just from Dallas. He hates that they do the fake Fritz like heart attack. He's just trying and trying to stop it. One of the big highlights of the late WCCW period is of course Gino Hernandez and Chris Adams. Hello, boys. But this is the other thing, is that they won't they won't push Gino and Chris Adams really to the top, top, top because it's like Fritz is. It's so funny. It's like 
obviously you can't do anything. We've talked about this before about like WCCW made a lot of money because of two things: the Von Erics, and then the fucking oil boom, and everyone had money in Texas, and then the this oil is the boom thing. dips, boom, and dipped. so does their creative. It's so funny how like that legit it's exactly it is that if gary harder had been more in control and been able to do it but he was a co-booker with ken mantel another man he hates and it's that sort of thing of the high impact style that gary hart knew how to book for Mm -hmm. was also the thing that was slowly dragging wccw down which is gary hart always said it's texas wrestling we're encouraging you to um if you kick someone lean in Leave Bruce so the fans can see it. Like, be intense. These are small buildings. They can see this is a live event experience. This is not the television wrestling you and I grew up on. This is we're going to the matches every week. And also, it's got to be stressful. These are the people that Gary Hart is working with on a daily basis. Fritz von Erich, Joe Blanchard, Paul Bosch, mm. Ken Mantell, Bill Watts, Chris Adams, and Gino Hernandez. Like, who's the reasonable guy to talk to? Yeah, man, and he's like, the Von Erics were like sons to me, and so are Gino, and that for sure leaves a hole in your heart there. Like that's fucked up. Yeah, like that's that all not of good. You come back, I... and it's like, oh, my son, how are you doing? I blood, a... blood everywhere. Oh, yeah. that's good. I'm to gonna go to Mid Atlantic. Yeah, and then it's this weird sort of thing of WCCW closes. He goes back to Mid Atlantic. He's Terry Funk's um manager uh for a minute there he kind of like floats in and out he's with the great muda he tell they're gonna put the the mm-hmm. ww the wcw world title on the great muda when sting gets hurt and the rick flair can't um um can't they won't drop it to anyone else and then gary hart blocks that um there's a weird thing between Gary Hart and Bruce Pritchard, which I'll never like. No one seems to have noticed on the internet, but me that Bruce Pritchard really doesn't mention him. But I think it has to do with the fact that Gary Hart thought Paul Bosch was a little bitch, and Ooh. Bruce Pritchard and um, Paul Bosch were very close. And he basically just wraps out his career. Probably, I think he saved his money, had a nice life living in Texas, died of a heart attack after giving a shoot interview for Kayfabe Commentaries. Here's the thing about Gary Hart and a lesson that he teaches. And I know that some, actually some wrestlers starting out, uh, listen to this. And I'm sure that you know this already, but it's the grand rule of wrestling. And maybe the grand rule of just being an artist in general. Gary Hart saved his money and Gary Hart had a good life with a nice wife because he smoked weed. Smoked weed. He smoked Smoked weed. weed. He would talk about these guys getting hammered, driving down the highway, being like, what the fuck are you doing with your weed? You know what I mean, Gary? Like, he would get caught. Do you know what Gary would do? What would he do? He'd get stoned and fly on Southwest. That's what Gary... Gary, You want to see Gary Hart get passionate? Him talking about taking Southwest Airlines. He's just like, they all drove, ruined their vehicles. I fly. I take a cab to the arena, cab home. Book it well way in advance. And also the fans aren't destroying your cars. And it's like, oh yeah, Gary Hart was a heel. Part of the thing he has to think about is like, no one can be, see me driving this car or they're going to burn it. I better. Yeah. Like it's just, yeah, 100%. What we're trying to say here at the Wrestler Review is um, toke. It ain't no joke. And also he, I mean, Gary Hart keeps coming back to Texas with 
like obviously diminishing returns. He's even yeah, in the nineties in like, Kevin's we, like well, attempt at I, a revival of WCW. Like I think what it is is he lives in Texas and it's that thing of Kevin the brotherless Von Eric calls you and is like, I um I'm gonna try and do wrestling again and he's like all right, I'll come help. But he's like, sure, let's do it. Is it? Yeah, like I'm. I don't care. But yeah. the thing about that is also like he's another guy, and this is like a life lesson we really learn is that even Paul Jones and Gary Hart kind of have. It was interesting. Happy I was going to ask you. Is that yeah. they take the hint, and it's like legit December thirty first, nineteen eighty nine, and then December, and then January first, nineteen ninety hit, and it's almost like they called each other and were like, "Are we out?" And they were like, "Yes," because. The way that they manage is so Paul Jones and Gary Hart share this, where the way that they manage is so like a guy telling you off at a hardware store versus Jim Cornette is like those videos where ladies are losing it on a cashier or losing it on a waiter. Yeah. Like Jim Jim, Jim Cornette's essentially playing like it's the eighties, but he's playing a Karen and um Gary Hart is playing like here, the guy at the bank who's telling you why it's fine they lost your savings. Yeah, what like, like they both work, but like clearly the the Karen. I hate using that fucking term, but clearly like the. I always feel bad for my asshole. two friends, both named Karen. What I would say is this: is and that also managers, it's like, sorry, managers in the nineties. What they became is hysterical assholes at the side of the <laughs> yes. ring. Yes. While Not in like the seventies, men. Yeah, seventies and eighties, a manager was a rude man. Yeah. Which is so funny because like Jim Cornette has so much reverence for like wrestling has to be believable, which I do agree and all these but things. But it is believable in the idea that Jim Cornette is a spoiled rich asshole from Kentucky because that's what he is. And his mother bought him a tag team. In the end, that was Jim Cornette's gimmick. And it worked so well. But this is what I'm saying is that like. Because Dennis Condry would totally just take 80 himself- bucks for that. He almost hates himself because he's not Gary Hart in this weird way. Because it's like Gary Hart, like, is kind of an example of like, oh, you go to a fucking wrestling show, even the manager would beat the shit out of you, mm-hmm. because that manager is six foot four and two hundred and fifty pounds. Mm. There you go, John. What's the best thing about Gary Hart? What's the worst thing? Best thing about Gary Hart is his booking. Worst thing is that he had to survive a plane crash and also speak to Joe Blanchard, Fritz von Eric, Paul Bosch, Bill Watts, Chris Adams at, at any time in his life. Bear in mind, if you said to Gary Hart, who's that racist you used to work with? He would go, I, I don't know who you're talking about. That's like <laughs> all of them. I'm going to say a weird thing. I think the best thing uh, about Gary Hart. So I think the best thing about Gary Hart is obviously his um, versatility with him being able to manage anybody and get them over as yeah. intense, even though he's tall. Like, everything you know about wrestling, obviously we've been talking about wrestling, is manager short, guy big, look how big That's this right. man I, I own is. Versus Gary Hart is like, his whole thing is like, I represent this guy, he can kick the fucking shit out of you, it doesn't matter, he's half my size. I think another one of the best things about Gary Hart, I'm going to just do two best ofs, no worst, Another best thing about Gary Hart is MLW because Court Bauer is keeping Gary Hart's legacy alive. Is his, yeah, is his nephew or cousin? I don't know. Neither related. Gary, Court Bauer is related sure. to Gary Hart. It's really nice to see. I totally forgot about that MLW connection. His last wrestling appearance was showing up was in MLW. But it's like Gary Hart, or sorry, it's just Court Bauer being like Gary Hart is a forgotten treasure in wrestling. 
and like certainly through listening to a lot of podcasts and just if one person in wrestling keeps your name alive and if one person in a community keeps your name alive then your name never dies and i think that's another great thing about him it's like a guy like paul jones like yes paul jo- like uh who's a guy we're gonna lose to time people are gonna forget how good this is sound not unlike this is gonna sound weird but people are gonna forget how good like stevie richards was in the right to yes. censor that's just gonna absolutely stop one day yeah but like and it's important one, that we keep that thing, alive here's the thing to know one day okay. people will forget how awesome sandman was at wrestling and that day will never come as long as <laughs> i People will be like air. why the fuck did why the fuck did uh sandman why was he uh popular and then it'll be like oh he was hammered and he came out to enter sandman and people will be like why was that good and we'll be it's like, like i don't know yeah. You, some of the it's stuff like, you like is shit. Dick the too. Bruiser coming out drunk to beer barrel polka, and everyone be like, "This is fucking sick." And I watch yeah. that, and I'm like, "I guess that's fun." Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Um, Dylan, I'm gonna go suck my own dick. Oh, nice plug stuff, John. Go for it. Check out the my other podcast, Untitled Twitch Stream. UTS. Follow it on Twitter, Untitled Twitch. You can follow me on Twitter at the John Hastings. Dylan, nice. you can follow Dylan and Dylan God. That's D Y L A. Geo, double up that T. Dylan and I also, throughout the pandemic, were able to uh, continue to live and provide for our families, friends, and various addictions by uh, having our stand-up comedy performed and listened to on Sirius Satellite Radio. Please, That's if true. you can, go and subscribe and listen to Sirius Satellite Radio. Tweet about them because they are very much helping comedians across the world survive with royalties and if you can spare it do it it's a great source of content that's good sure sometimes it's nice to give people money if you want to support artists sirius xm radio is honestly doing the most to do that it pays staggeringly more than any other uh, streaming platform thank you so much for listening guys we'll be back next week with john pick someone in the whole world who are we doing? Are we doing another manager? Let's do... Well, you know what we should do is we should do a lady because it's been a while. Sherry Martell. We haven't done her yet. We have. Uh, Let's do... Missy Hyatt? Have we never done Missy Hyatt? Missy Hyatt, who was the most popular uh, shoot interview back in the early 2000s where it was like, who else did you fuck, Missy? Oh, and then course. she would be like, I live in a big house. And they'd be like, yeah, but you had sex and that's yeah, bad. Yeah, covered in <laughs> cum, though. That's bad. Oh, um, no, I've had, never had it. I've never had it, and I never will, Missy. They'll have a word for me soon. Ladies and gentlemen, come back next week when we're talking about Missy Hyatt. And for this week, my name is Dylan Gott. Dylan, goodbye. Uh, 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 bye-bye. Done. Bye-bye.